All right, now back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we're back for part two of our Marvel two-part episode. Yeah. But before we get uh, to that, we have other oh, things Oh, before to do. we get to that, yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, we got some other things to do first. Um, we do. I just didn't know how to say, like, and we're back. So I was going to say we're back for with this thing. Yes. So We're back this with is... your regularly scheduled program. This this is somebody play the uh the magic gang cover of the arthur theme song right now <laughs> every day when you walk in down the street everybody <laughs> that you meet um so yes Lindsay's right we are coming back for the second half of the marvel episode but um why don't we kick it off and I will start with Stephanie's Music Corner again, because I did June last month, so we gotta do July, and then we'll be back on, you know, back to the regular schedule. And I am back at my bullshit for your July Music Corner, where I've only listened to one album. The month of July had a couple really fun, there was a lot of um, highly anticipated albums that came out, but I'm just gonna talk about a couple of my favorites that came out, um... The first one came out on July 2nd. It is the sixth album. Hold on. Let me do math real quick. It's the sixth album from the UK-based band, The Go Team. So their new album is called Get Up Sequences Part 1, which leads me to believe there will be subsequent Get Up Sequences. I think they're trying to go for a stereo lab where they just have numbered albums from now on and they can stop making up names. Um, this album was a lot of fun. Um, their their entire vibe, and I read it described online somewhere, is like electronic music with double Dutch style chanting, <laughs> and like that that was like the creation, and that's the vibe. And their music's just so much fun to listen to. So um, very excited with this one. My second album I'd like to talk about is from another UK based band. They're called Snapped Ankles. They are a post-punk band, so Lindsay, more up your alley. <laughs> um, their entire vibe, well, their album was called Forest of Your Problems, and their entire vibe is that they wear, like, shaman, and I say that in air quotes, like, shaman-inspired costumes on stage. So they're in, like, full masks and full, like, costumes, and um, they describe themselves as, like, a, an art rock post-punk performance band so there's no actual photos of what they look like from what i've been able to find they're all just like in these weird masked costumes so uh forest of your problems is their fourth studio album um i actually got a physical copy of it it's very good um it's a little bit more of like an experimental electronic sound than the post-punk electronic sound, but it's still a really fun listen. So um, I gave that 8 out of 10, and I was distracted by the cat, but I gave the Go Team a 9 out of 10. Uh, the next one came out on July 9th, and I've actually been listening to this album a lot. Um, 
it's from the band Inhaler, so they're from Dublin. This is their first, uh, this is their debut studio album, and it's called It Won't Always Be Like This. Um, they, I really didn't know anything about this band before I listened to this album, but the lead singer has this very large voice in almost like a cinema their music almost has like a cinematic type vibe to it and i was actually playing it in the car this last weekend we were driving around milwaukee and one of our friends was like is this the killers (laughs) is this the Um, new killers album (laughs) what album number did you say this was this is number three so i feel like i don't know what it is about this band but i was like oh, those are their debut album. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying what album is this that I've been talking about. This is oh, their no, first Hamer. album. Yeah, yeah. This is their debut album. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. Is like I've been seeing this everywhere advertised to me. Yeah, like their marketing team is doing the most because it was like on Reddit. Every single like album release or like yeah. vinyl release they had was on Reddit. It was like on my Instagram um, sponsored ads. Um, I just I was seeing it everywhere, and I think I had mentioned it to you. It was like, have you heard of this band? And you're mm-hmm. like, no, I haven't. And then you you ended up listening to them, and you told me it was really good. I have not gotten around to listen to them, but I've just seen it everywhere. Yeah, it's really been all over the place. They're doing their first U.S. tour in a couple of weeks, and it's sold out left and right. Like I, it's we, it's weird how much like hype there's been around yeah. this band. I mean, they sound. I would. I really hope that they sound as good. As in the live as they do on their album yeah. because wow that guy has an amazing voice yeah i do think it's interesting because like when i started seeing this everywhere i thought that this was just a band i'd never heard of that yeah. like existed but I, when you told me just now when you said it was debut i'm like surprised that they're like putting so much money like marketing behind them um, yeah but, i mean i, mean, I guess good, they've been good. releasing eps and singles and stuff since 2018 so they've okay. been releasing music kind of in the background, but this is what's their first studio album. And they've released two EPs, I think. One, maybe. But still, like, there's... They've been releasing music for quite a few years now. But yeah, I gave this a 9 out of 10. It was just so unexpectedly good. <laughs> uh, the next one is a fan favorite of the podcast. Um was released on July 16th. It's the new album from Acid Dad. It's called Take It From The Dead. Um, Acid Dad, funny, they do not have a Wikipedia page. Point of reference. I was like trying to find out more. I mean, obviously we've seen Acid Dad a few times. I was trying to find out more specific details around them. They do not have a Wikipedia page. They kind of make sense. They're very, not even that they're like underground, but they're... I think they intentionally want to be more like unknown, but um, this was their fourth album. Hold on. I got to confirm that. So we've been seeing acid dead live for quite a few years now. Mm -hmm. So this is their, uh, technically it's only their second full length album. They did a live album. So they have, this is their second full length. They've got a butt ton of EPs. Yes. Um, this has a little bit more of a psychedelic rock feeling than some of their earlier stuff. And if you look at their first album, their album feels more garage rocky. Yeah. And then this album is more of like psychedelic rocky with some of like, it still feels very DIY, like garage made music. What I think is interesting is like this album is also more jammy. 
And a little bit, like, yeah. Two ways they're living up to the name. So like Acid Dad, I've always thought that like Acid Dad should be more psychedelic with that name. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like kind of go a little bit more psych with this, and then take it from the dead, kind of insinuates like the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Um, and they jam a little bit like in that regard. It, it does feel like a an attempt at doing something Grateful <clears throat> Dead, but not boring. Yeah. Uh, controversial opinion I, out there. <laughs> I mean, I think the Grateful Dead's very boring, so I get it. Um, so it, it, I enjoyed this uh, tremendously. I yeah, loved it. it's a great album. I gave it a nine. I. Yeah. It's it's real it's really good. I'm yeah, excited. Barbecue I have like, tickets to see them um, play in Chicago in a few months, so I'm very Barbecue's excited. Barbecue's gonna that. be on like one of my most listened to songs. Of the oh, hundred percent. I feel like I was listening to that song like months ago before the album yeah. was released. Same. Um, so the last one I want to talk about is the fourth studio album from. Uh, he's gone by a couple different names now, but he's. He went. He originally went by this name, started going by his real name, and then he went back to his stage name. So it's Chet Faker. Um, sometimes he's also known as uh, Nick Murphy. He's from Australia, and this album was called Hotel Surrender. So his music is really... He's actually really well known because he's done a lot of collaborative work with like Flume over the years. So he sings on Flume tracks. It's if you look back at Flume's early, early, early stuff, it's Chet Faker's the vocals. So that's kind of where he got like really well known. And um, this album was very much in style with the sound that I've known and loved for so many years. So when he went by his actual name for those couple of years, the music kind of changed a little bit, but it's back more to, you know, his traditional sound which was awesome and then i gave this one an eight out of ten with that uh, i think that about wraps up the music update for this week so next week um we'll do binge watch update for the the last two oh we're like totally messed up on scheduling right now i just real what what day is it i don't even know anymore next week's gonna be the first time of september right Yes. Well, not next week, but the next episode. I mean, the next the episode. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah like which is again your week been... normally, but maybe yeah. since you're behind, I'll go first, and then you can go. Okay, we'll figure it out. That's a that's yeah, a we'll thing. Next to week will be out. one of us doing something. We that will we talk about do. things. <laughs> one of us having a segment that we normally have in an order that may or may not be the normal order. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that covers everything. <laughs> All right, now let's talk back about to your regularly scheduled program. Let's talk about the beer that we're drinking. Um, Lindsay, do you want to start off first this time? Yeah, I'll start first. Um, I don't know why I said yeah that loud. I am drinking Radler by Two Pitchers Brewing, um, based in San Francisco. This is a lager with grapefruit and a hint of blood orange. Unlike most Radlers, this is a 5% beer. Oh, okay. So I don't know how that's quite a Rattler, but maybe it's just the name. But okay. I, yeah, it, it, the name is Rattler. It's calling itself a lager. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So over here, I've got Sunspun Shandy from Rheingeist. Um, shout out to our friend Matt for hooking me up with free Rheingeist beer. 
Um, this is they all they classify it as a shandy slash Rattler, um, but it's made with grapefruit and orange juice, and it's clocking in at about four point five percent. Okay. Yeah, mine is basically it. So I'm reading on Untapped. It says um, it gives you like the history of what a Rattler is. And that they're inspired oh, okay. by the concept. So they just mixed juice basically into a lager. Ah, um, got it. Okay. It's really fire. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I haven't, tried, I haven't tried this yet. Um, Ooh, this is really interesting. The descriptions here. Yeah. It's got a nice, like, tartness from the grapefruit and the blood orange. But it gets some of, like, the sweetness more from the blood orange. And mm-hmm. I found that, like... I really like the flavor of blood orange so much so that, like, <clears throat> for example, San Bel- Pellegrino, like, blood orange. Um, oh, that's the only good s- one. Right. It has a very similar profile to this. Okay. But it has, like, a bitterness um, from the grapefruit. The lager is kind of, like, in the back end. I think it's just, like, the, the backbone of it. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of, like, the nuttiness from the lager. But it's pretty mild. Um, so this is just like a really heavily like fruity flavor profile, similar to like what you would expect from like a Stiegel Rattler, but it tastes a little bit more refined having some of that blood orange juice. Yeah. I, there's a part of me that wants to like go get Malort and like pour Malort in this and see what happens. Yeah. What's so, it called when you put like gin in a, a Rattler? A gin Rattler. Oh, okay. So I want to do that with Malort. That's like kind of the flavor profile it's <gasps> got. That sounds amazing. Man, you should start making your own beer cocktails with the Lord more often. That sounds so good. Okay, so this one, I'm not going to lie, it's a little bit on the sweeter end because I think they it's specifically the orange juice that's in here that makes it a little bit sweet. It's still... It's not like um, a juice bomb by any means, but it's more like a traditional OJ sweetness. And as someone that works on orange juice and fruit juice for a living, I know my fruit juice. So it's a little, it's a little bit more like that traditional sweetness from, you know, fresh orange juice or whatever. It's, um, the grapefruit, I think, gives it a little bit of the bitterness to it. So it's pretty well balanced when you drink it where you get like the first flavor you get is that oj flavor and then you know kind of as you let it linger a little bit you get the bitterness of the grapefruit a little bit so it kind of balances out pretty well it is uh is crushable though this thing's gonna be gone less than halfway (laughs) this thing's gonna be gone before we get into the episode yeah um i would say the same thing about this like it's dangerous because this is so good and it is five this is very light this is like a much better version i think also with the addition of the grapefruit it's like a much better version of a shandy it's just very good yeah this is super good it's like it tastes like lemonade (laughs) this tastes like orange juice like if you mixed like a little bit of orange juice and a little bit of grapefruit juice together and then you put some champagne in it i mean minus the champagne but like that combination right. is what it reminds yeah, me no, of. This is very good. Um, so if I'm going to go three words, I'm going to say tart, uh, bitter, but like balanced. So a balance of tart and bitterness. Um, and then dangerous or 
crushable. Tart Dangerous. bitter crushable. <laughs> Dangerous. Is Crushworthy. Um, I'm going to say light, um, fruity, and crushable for mine. Yeah, this is super good. The name for this is very, um, I think it's very good for the, like, the flavors that are in here. It being the sun spun shandy. Like, I want to go drink this in the sun, even though it's dark here. Also, the can colors. I mean, I'll post a photo of it, but, um, the can colors definitely feel like the sunshine and, like, a sunset. It follows, like, the Rheingeist style. All of their beers are, like, the same style and then different color. It's That's pretty. one thing that I think that's really cool with Rheingeist specifically is that all of their beer artwork is exactly the same. It's different color palettes for each beer. So Lindsay obviously already told us, and you, not just us, you too. <laughs> Stephanie didn't know what the episode topic was going into this, obviously. <laughs> um, we're, Talk we're doing, about unprepared. We're, we're picking kind of back up where we left off with the Marvel discussion. Um but yeah, I so... thought it would kind of be interesting to start off talking about Marvel television, and then we can kind of talk about, you know, phase four, and then what's going on in the future, and just our other favorite fun fan theories. Yes, that sounds yes. good to me. Okay. So with Marvel TV, I don't have a ton of like history here. I just kind of have things listed out. So when... When I think back to, like, original Marvel television as a part of the MCU, there's been other superhero televisions in the past, television shows in the past, um, but I, the first one that kind of pops into my head is, like, that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., because yeah, that started the after the Avengers, too. and that was basically an opportunity to give Clark Gregg his own TV show. Yeah. Um, and well, that... he died. And right. I want to tell you that he wasn't dead. Right. Um... I watched some of that show. It was, to, it started off and it made a lot of sense where it had like direct tie-ins to the film. So I remember you would have to like get caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then go see the film and then you could watch the next episode because that next episode had a direct tie-in to that yeah. previous film. Um, but that kind of went off the rails at some point and then I kind of stopped watching. Yeah, my sister watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think I watched a couple episodes and, like, it just got, it got too much to, like, I stopped watch. watching when it diverged from, like, the direct movie yeah. storylines. Steve yeah, watched the whole thing through the finale. I don't know how he did it because I thought it got I too think, weird. I think that's the only of the ABC shows I, I watched a little bit of, like, one or two episodes. Not one or two, but a couple, like, a handful um, of episodes. Agent Carter, obviously we kind of know what that's about. Um, I saw a few episodes of that. I didn't really watch it. Um, And then they had the Inhumans, which came out a little bit later. Um, I only know that one because Ewan Rain from Game of Thrones was in it. Um, He plays Mm -hmm. Ramsey Bolton for point of reference. Um, He was in that. Um, I only watched a little bit of that because that one was weird. I didn't really understand the Inhumans as, like, their comics, so that show, like, didn't make a lot of sense to me in the first place. But interesting point, so those all came out pre-Disney+. Plus. Um, since Disney+, Plus has been releasing TV shows in, you know, like, the Kevin Feige-type people have said that those shows are no longer considered canon. 
anything not Disney Plus is not considered canon anymore. Even though, like, Peggy Carter had a direct tie-in to everything else. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. had a direct tie-in, but it's no longer considered canon because it's not. I mean, not they did this... that. They did that with Star Wars, too. It's just, like, it's their way of being able to control the universe oh, yeah. and, like, the way that they want to do it in the future and not have to, like, touch on things that have gone on in the past. And it's, it's okay. like, also their I've way of I've got my own headcanons for all of these things, so it's fine. It's also because they want to recast people because there are contracts oh, yeah. that I'm sure, like, ban them from working. Yeah. And then um, there's been a couple of other Netflix shows besides the ones I have listed, but I listed like the big ones that I remember. Yeah. So like Daredevil, side note, Disney, bring back Charlie Cox. Charlie um, Cox was the best Daredevil. Also weirdly attracted to him. Oh, I'm, he's super hot. I was weirdly attracted to him. <laughs> so when we went to the Marvel, like the Science of Marvel exhibit that was at the Museum of Science Cox and there? Industry. Uh, they had his costumes. Oh my god! So when the of the, all of the Daredevil they could have referenced, it was all Charlie Cox costumes. Nice. Okay. Um, and yeah, they, I think the only references Daredevil. they made were two. Like they completely, you know, got rid of everybody else. Like it was only Charlie <laughs> Cox what they referenced, and then they did like uh, Jessica Jones, obviously mm-hmm. another Netflix show. They talked about that. Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Iron Fist did not need to exist. Iron Fist, the way they talked about it in the exhibit, sounded way cooler than the show itself. <laughs> Iron Fist, like I watched, I want to say like another the first Game half of, of Thrones it. alumni. Yeah, I watched the first half of it. Did not care for it. I um, did not like. I it. I also really liked um, the Punisher. You don't have that one listed. Oh, I didn't have that one listed either. I, I that completely slipped my mind. I, that was a really good one too. That one was really good. That one was so dark and so yeah, sad. Yeah, I know. Um, and then obviously um, Defenders, which was not great. Yeah. But Charlie Cox what was I, in it, so I'll give it a slide. What I liked about the Netflix shows was that, like, they weren't afraid to talk about how dark things were. And those were, oh, like, yeah. tonally so different from the movies. Which is, like, oh, yeah. I can kind of understand that's why they probably, like, don't want to consider those canon. Because they are so much darker. Yeah, it's a completely different writing style to tell these stories. Like, yes, these stories on their own are significantly different from what's being told in, like, the big ol' MCU world. Mm -hmm. But um, you're right. It is tonally so much darker. And, like, these stories on their own are a lot darker. If you think about the Daredevil storyline, like, that shit is so dark. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, from agree, the beginning, yeah. when his dad dies, and he goes blind, and then, like, Bullseye being the main villain. Like, Bullseye's terrifying. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Jessica Jones is extremely dark. Oh, that shows... is extremely that shows, dark. Yeah, Jessica Jones is very dark as well. Yeah. I could not get through Jessica Jones just because I, like, cried and was like, I can't. What I do think is interesting to, to know that is that, like, the Netflix shows are so tonally different, but the Disney Plus shows are basically like watching a Marvel movie but mm-hmm. for eight hours or however long like the shows that the shows be. are yeah so I think that's what makes these Disney plus shows we haven't even talked about those yet but like the Disney plus shows that have come out are all written so close to the MCU character storyline yeah. story type um that it it feels like you're watching just a continuation of the films. Like that's what I think's really, that's what I think's interesting about it. It, yeah. it does something different than Agents of Shield did, where Agents of Shield was meant to be a continuation between the films. 
but now that they're using the same characters, it just feels a lot. It, it feels a lot more immersive. And I actually yeah, really like what they've been doing. And I think it's meant to be that way. It's meant to be like a continuation, like a, a brand in some off ways. of it. In yeah. some way. To like, they're trying to stay true to the characters and like supply character growth. And I think it's a way mm-hmm. to like encourage people to get Disney Plus because if it... If it wasn't really, if it was just like a one-off story and these like characters weren't the same and they were they weren't doing them justice, it wouldn't be worth it to watch right. it. And I think that's one way that they make it worth it to watch it is by playing off of the MCU and like the the growth and the development of these characters. Yeah, I agree. So in the Disney Plus TV series, we've had WandaVision, Falcon mm-hmm. and the Winter Soldier, and then Loki, and then What If just started yeah. as and we're like think recording is this. Interesting is that <clears throat> there it, it's kind of insinuating at this point that if you don't watch the shows, when certain movies come out, you won't be understanding some of the things that happen, or you won't have the mm-hmm. whole story. So mm-hmm. like the end of WandaVision kind of like triggers a little bit of like an upcoming movie. Um, mm-hmm. like I think it's I think it's touching a little bit on the multiverse of madness. The next Doctor example. Strange, yeah, right. And the same with like Loki. That's definitely setting up an entire like phase, entire movie. Falcon so, and Winter Soldier also setting up like another movie. Yeah, I mean that you're right. These literally are all just setting up plots and right. like plot points for future films. Um, and I'm I don't really... know if you were to go into the movies without seeing these, if you would understand the plot setup. So it's like, I mean, you're watching... you might, you might be able to like suspend the, right. Like you could figure it out, but yeah. you won't have, it's like going into like, you know how you and I went into phase three and like, didn't really understand like all the connection to Thanos between like, oh, the, yeah. the credit scenes. Yeah. It would be like going into the movies, like not having seen the end credit scenes or not having understood what they meant. And yeah. then, like, been like, oh, shit, this is what it means. And then, like, yeah. rewatching it and then getting it. That's sort of, like, the same idea is that you're not really going to get the full context. It's just going to be, like, an entertainment movie, and it's not really going to yeah. give you, like, all of the background. Yeah, so I guess it just kind of depends on what you're going into or what your interest level is with these yeah. things. If you're just looking for the entertainment factor, cool. But if you're a crazy person like I am... I yeah. have to know every single detail of what's going on at all times to the point where I will sit. I am the person that will sit there and look up plot points on my phone watching the movie while I'm looking <laughs> up the IMDb of every single character that's previously been in the movie. Yep. I do think it's interesting, though, that they are using these as a gap filler to set things up. And it's a way to encourage you to get Disney Plus at this point, I think. Yeah. And then I also find it really interesting and I mean, I can't say for, you know, what it was supposed to be, because if you think back, these shows were not released in the order they were supposed to be. Like, if COVID yep. wasn't a thing, this whole setup was going to have a completely different outcome. Oh, no, 100%. Because, like, so for it's example... just, like, interesting to see, like, to think about what it was versus yep. what it is. So, for example, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier... Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is introduced, uh, her character uh, is Val, and the first time you were supposed to meet her was going to be in Black Widow, so her yeah. being in the Falcon and Winter Soldier wasn't supposed to be, like, a huge deal, um, and they had to, like, from what I remember, like, hide her coming on set, and they had to hide her character even more because she hadn't been released yet, like, mm-hmm. as a character. Right. And um, she's gonna obviously going to play, like, a big plot point, but... Like, it's just interesting to think about, like, if how that moment would have hit differently 
if she had been introduced in Black Widow first, like she was supposed to be, and then gone yeah. to re- recruit John Walker. Yeah, what's... And, I mean, we can talk about Black Widow at this point, too, I guess, so... Yeah, I mean, we talked with, a little bit about it last episode. Yeah, but I think... I mean, I personally don't understand where this is going from, like, Val's character from Winter Soldier... Like, between the Winter Soldier and um, Black Widow. I have a feeling it's setting up... And I've read a theory that it's going to be, like, the Dark Avengers or whatever. 100%. But, that's um, exactly what it's doing. It's called the Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts? I believe that's what they're called. Okay. It's either I the just, Dark I Avengers just have heard or Dark the Thunderbolts. Avengers. But she's okay. basically, like collecting people yeah she's like like a female anti-nick fury type basically yeah um Um, and she's collecting people to like i want to know why they're going after clint i mean yeah because he's jeremy renner needs to get out of there but i think he's like his contract's up (laughs) well it's gonna be it the the Black Widow bit is setting up for something in the Hawkeye TV show. That's yeah, out. so this is, I think, an interesting point to make is that it is very obvious that they are setting up a new tag, ragtag group of people movie. Yeah. So it's very obvious that they're doing that, and it's very obvious that they are replacing their core um, superheroes. The core crew, yeah. Yeah, with new ones, so... You know, obviously Falcon's replacing Captain America. Yep. Winter Soldier um, is just whatever What's in there. the guy that's going to be the new Falcon? I forget his name. The Hispanic um, guy. Yes. I, I forget. I name. literally forget. I'm blanking his name. But he's the one that gets the, the, the back. He gets the, the Falcon the, wings. The wings. Yeah. Um, they're going to replace Hawkeye with uh, whoever is Steinfeld's character. Yeah. Whoever she's playing in Hawkeye. Um Miss Marvel is being Olsen is now going to be like one of the main people. They're replacing Black Widow with Elena. So like it's just it's becoming very obvious that they like are kind of following a formula where like these see are I don't main think characters. that um I don't think Elena's going to replace Black Widow. I think they're going to put Miss Marvel into that spot. Maybe because Miss Marvel's going to be one of the Miss Marvel's also slated to come out this year, and that's yeah, the one but... that's like the girls like younger. She's yeah. the, like the the first Muslim superhero, mm-hmm. so I think that's who they're gonna put in. Yeah, I don't Black know. It, it could go in a few different ways. I definitely think maybe they're setting up for like a good versus bad Avengers mm-hmm. thing, where like Elena's on the bad side, and like I think if Hawkeye's... she's been recruited by Val, she's on the bad side. Right. So maybe it's like leading up to like a a fight off or something, whatever the term is. I liked the. I couldn't think of the word. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys can't hear it, but I'm hitting my fists together. Ow, that hurts. Um, <laughs> you did that. One yeah, really I, I just that's what I think is coming. I think they're just starting to replace people, and like that's kind of what they're focusing on is replacing um, and using like these movies that you're excited to watch because they are a character that you know. To introduce the character that's going to take over for that role. So let's do a real quick list of all of the movies that have been announced that are in the works. Um, so obviously Black Widow came out. Next one is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And then we have Eternals. And then we have Spider-Man No Way Home. Those three are coming out this year. I'm excited for Also, Eternals. I say, 
Shang-Chi looks great. Aquafina is in that movie and I, I love, love her. Um I love also Aquafina. um I can't think of the lead actor's name, but he keeps posting on his Twitter all kinds of like memes about it. Oh my god, excited. didn't he post the video of him like jet skiing? It was yeah. like <laughs> Yeah. That yes, that's the one. <laughs> um God. I, honestly, I am extremely disappointed in Loki because there was so many opportunities for Owen Wilson to say, Wow. Yeah, I think that was my biggest complaint with the Loki (laughs) show is that Owen Wilson does not say, wow. And he also didn't get to go on the jet ski. And I was like, there was no jet ski that they were going to show him on a jet ski at some point because that's all his character wanted. I was very disappointed in that. My only other, so thinking of the Loki show, well, we can just criticize all the TV shows real quick here. Um, My biggest disappointment, I think, with the Loki show is that. (laughs) Loki is, like, a creature that can, like, change his form, and he's Mm -hmm. not, I say he, but, you know, Loki as a character is not really supposed to be tied to a gender, but then he ends up in a cis relationship with himself, which I thought was weird. I did not like it. Okay, so let's just quickly talk about the shows. So WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki. Um, Um, I loved, 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 loved WandaVision. So I actually watched these out of order. Oh, you did? I did. I didn't watch WandaVision first. I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then I watched WandaVision, and then I watched Loki. Okay. Um, I loved WandaVision. I think it's told so originally, and it's like a very interesting way to have told that story. It was a great concept. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, I hate her. <laughs> I was, like, very angry with her throughout it. Um, but I also, like, understand the trauma. And I think it Catherine was Catherine like, Hahn's the best character in that show. Catherine Hahn is the best actress. Yes. She's the Meryl Streep of comedy. Let's <laughs> um, talk about that. There were so many good parts of that show. Also, Paul Bettany was great in that show. Paul Bettany's great. I love that they brought in Evan Peters as... Um, Quicksilver because he's like in the, the X-Men the, movies the and it was just Sony like a very X-Men weird version. crossover moment and they explained it but I thought it was very interesting that that was like a, a little bit of like breaking the fourth wall breaking the MCU yeah yeah um I thought that that show was so interesting especially because like obviously they go through all these like there's so many very specific references to very like period type filming mm-hmm. so yeah i was watching the i think it's called assembled which looks at the behind the scenes like an hour episode and they go behind the scenes of the various shows and like yeah. talk to the, you know the cast the director the writer the producer all those people um parts of wandavision was actually filmed in front of a live studio audience very similar to how shows oh, in the 50s and the how 60s would have been yeah yeah I, um, my favorite thing to do while watching WandaVision was, like, every intro changed with the time period to be mm -hmm. a sitcom that either took place in that time period or came out in that time period. Yep. And one of my favorite things to do was, like, while watching them, like, Matt and I would be like, ooh, what show is this, like, mimicking? Yeah. Um, and we were, like, guessing the different shows, and sometimes it was, like, a combination of them. Yeah. Um, so it was just a fun thing to do. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, um... I also, in that assembled show, they talked to the people that made the theme songs for each episode, and they were saying there's a singular uh, sound motif that they use in different ways in each theme song, and oh, meant to represent the Wanda Vision sound yeah. or whatever. Like 
that's yeah that really I thought was really so that ties through all the episodes i would argue that wandavision had the most thought put into it because mm-hmm. even like the episodes were based off of a similar show at that time so like the intros were too but the episode yeah. style it style and the way it was told the way it was um uh like the cinematography everything mm-hmm. about it was styled after a similar sitcom or a, a couple of sitcoms. And I thought that that was a really interesting way to have brought this to life. And they so I also, think it was just, like, the most creative show. They did. So, like, when they were doing, like, the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, they did practical effects mm-hmm. in, or like, in the filming. So, like, whenever, like, the dishes would fly or... Yep. Um, when they filmed in black and white, Vision's makeup is blue so that it looks yep. red when it's black and white. Like, they did, like, practical things that were done during that time period in order to, you know, make it as authentic as possible. Yeah. And see, I love that about them. Like, they, they yeah. went over the top with it. And I think that was a oh, really yeah. great, a great show to have done it with. Um, yeah. And then, like, going into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it was done very similar to, like, a marvel movie where it's like it felt like a continuation directly of the marvel films yeah yeah it felt like specifically stylistically done like a captain america movie which makes sense i will say one my i think my biggest issue with that show is that they very clearly cut a very important storyline i think it's pretty well known at this point that they had a storyline about a disease ravaging these like you about know, having a displacement pandemic. it's a pandemic in these displacement camps and that's right. why like this girl who's i'm forgetting the character's name but she's like fighting to try and get access to vaccinations and like health care for people that are dying in yep. these displacement camps and she wants that's... to like open the borders up right and then they yeah. were trying to close borders right um, i think that was the plot point yeah i think it's really interesting and that, that got that. that all got cut well, and it's funny because they filmed this in 2019, mm-hmm. and they cut it. Falcon and the Winter Soldier the was supposed to come it. out. They were be- writing it probably in 2018. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was originally supposed to come out before WandaVision. Right. So I think it's really interesting that yeah. they 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 ended up doing they they had to cut that because it, you'd lose a lot of the plot. Um, in that, yeah. like, they're talking about vaccines and you have no idea why they're talking about vaccines. There's a lot really of plot understand. holes that were left open yeah. and not closed about, like, why. There's a lot of, like, the why this is happening. Right. What's cut. the motivation here? Yeah. And it was hard to, like, really enjoy it without knowing that. Like, once it came out that this was a piece of, like, the plot that was missing. Yeah. It made it a little bit easier, to, uh, like, to understand the motivations mm-hmm. of people. And I get why they took it out. But... If they were going to do that, and they, they went back and refilmed some of it. Yeah. Like, they could have refilmed or, like, I don't know, like, fleshed it out a little bit better for the amount of money they spent on the show. Yeah, um, no kidding. So I would argue, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was my least favorite of the three. Oh, I would agree. Wholeheartedly. Um, I agree. And as much as I love Falcon and Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan's dynamic, I think, is really great in that show. That was the only, I think, that was the major redeeming factor is their relationship and their, like, natural chemistry that they can play off of each other so well. And you have this as a note here, but it's, like, the TikToks of, like... Hold on, I don't have that up right now. Let me find it. Where did I say that? There's been a... Oh my god, there's so many TikTok references to all of this stuff. 
Um, it's a specific at, one. Looking back, I just keep thinking about that, um, the one sound where it's like, we got the African-Americans and Mark. <laughs> you are, it's, you are freaking African-Americans and Mark. Oh, I have not heard the full, I just heard like the later Yeah, part, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, and it's funny because it's like Mark is, it's like, it'll show Sebastian with like Anthony Mackie's family in the show. The, the, and the then, final scene or whatever. Yeah. Or like when he's with, um, he's bringing the, the cake. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. When he shows up with a pre-made cake, and I saw TikToks that were like, he knows. You you as the white man that from the 1940s you don't cook do not cook anything to the cookout. You, you bring the, the cake. right thing to the cookout. Yeah. So just going into Loki. Loki um, was so such a, a really show. important one. Yeah, Loki was a really – was a good show. It also is setting up the future of the MCU, at least for Phase 4, mm-hmm. um, with the multiverse because he – destroys the multiverse mm-hmm. um spoiler but not really at this point um yeah i think i think loki was very good still not as good as wandavision um i also feel like it was kind of slow like so looking back it moved it very had slowly very and much then, like, like peak accelerated stagnant yeah peak again like yep a couple episodes i was like oh this is nothing happened what yes. am i seeing yes i would agree um and then like it just all accelerated in like the last episode yeah. last two episodes i didn't know how they were gonna wrap it up because i was like i don't know where they're going with this yeah i didn't either and also i think the last episode was like kind of a letdown as far as last episodes go they did too, of, like, they did too much with it at the last time yeah they, it was a lot of talking and explaining and then all of a sudden it was like oh fuck now it's over now it's now the whole thing happened right Um, the thing that they've been building up to happened in the last three minutes four minutes um i will say jonathan majors playing kang is one of the best parts he is such a good actor that like oh my god him playing that role was so different than anything i'd ever seen him do and he was so good yeah, I was excited. I didn't know that that's who he was playing. And I, didn't I wasn't either. expecting it. And then, like, he showed up in the second to last episode, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, shit. This is going to be, like, some shit. Yeah. Um, and so that was exciting. Um, there were a lot, a lot of TikToks and memes about the Loki show. Oh, yeah. Um, mainly that, like, Loki is very obviously a sub. <laughs> Yeah. And a bisexual. I've sent, you a, I've sent you a lot of those. Yeah. Loki is a sub and a bisexual. Um, they just keep and they, the... like, straight up tell you that he's a bisexual. Like, he, can, he admits it. Oh, yeah. I think at some point. Like, he talks about. Like, it's, I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's very obvious. And then <laughs> my favorite TikToks that you were sending me is anytime he said, like, Tom Hiddleston says something and, like, opens his mouth and it cuts to this guy going, what did he say? <laughs> That's my favorite. Is that what anything? Did he say? Honestly, anything that ends with "What did he say?" Oh my gosh, it's so good. There's been a. It's well, it's funny because there's been so many recently where it's like Tom Hiddleston will be doing an interview and say something very British that comes yep. off also kind of sexual, and the guy's like, "What yep. did he say?" Well, I think the interesting thing is that I don't necessarily think that Loki is a sub. I no, think that I Tom Hiddleston is a sub, and <laughs> <laughs> it's just coming across and coming out in uh, Loki. That's fair. Um, because, like, the way, when he's, like, bound, and in that, like, 
memory mm-hmm. he is like standing uh, like like a sub would like according yeah. to the internet according like to how, according to tiktok according to tiktok that is exactly the posture and position of a sub and i've also read like, he's like, done that before I, that's, <laughs> that's i was like that's, that's not the first memory. time they told him to do that's that he's done memory. that <laughs> um other people have said that uh because it's a female writer and director that that's why it's they're obviously like playing at that a little bit more and then that's also started a lot of discourse around like female written by female director yep (laughs) male female written by by a female um my other favorite thing about the loki series and i don't know if you know this but tom hiddleston held like a six hour symposium on loki oh i did i did hear about that and sebastian stan anthony mackie and elizabeth olsen we're like all on set for the various shows and they're mm-hmm. like why didn't you invite us to this symposium on loki you specifically knew that we were like we were all there and you knew when we were um running like a scene mm-hmm. and you made it when we were running a scene so we couldn't join your symposium <laughs> and it was like for the cast and crew of the loki show so like he could like talk about loki and what kind of character loki was <laughs> he has been like so obsessed with that character for so me he's been playing that character for yeah. so many years but like if you yes. even think about it he loves he's been it, it so much Thor. so getting back into what's coming up uh, now that we've kind of talked through what has happened for disney plus tv yeah so we talked about the ones coming out this year um but then in 2022 we're gonna see dr strange and the multiverse of madness Thor, Love and Thunder, which I think I'm the most excited for. Um, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And then the Marvels. And then in 23, we're going to get Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yep. Um, Yeah. Did you name War, Love and Thunder? Yeah. Okay. The interesting thing I think that's going to happen with that one is, like, obviously Thor is with the Guardians of the Galaxy, so they're going to, like, they got to come into play at some point. There's got to be some tie-in there, but then also, like, in the, like, concept art, Jane Foster is back. We we know Natalie Portman. Well, Jane Foster is, like, so I, we've seen, like, people have seen set photos of Natalie Portman. She's, like, Jack. Like, she's coming in as, she's coming in as, like, the female Thor. Yeah. And she carries in one of, like, the concept pieces, like, Mjolnir. Yeah. Um, Hawkeye is the next one coming out. That'll be out in this year. And then Miss Marvel is the next yep. one slated to come out. In yep. 2022, we're going to get Moon Knight. So that's Oscar Isaac. Um, okay. Oh, love that. I do, too. Love she that Hulk. <laughs> she Hulk is in 22. I don't know. I forget the actress that's playing She-Hulk, but uh, Jamila Jamil is the villain. Oh, I forgot about that. I love her so much. I do, too. And then Secret Invasion is the other one from 22. And that's the one with the scrolls from um, Captain Marvel and WandaVision. Um, um, I do think it's interesting that... um, I don't know. Is it... Quantumania, or no, um, Multiverse of Madness, that, like, it's confirmed that Tobey Maguire is going to So that's Spider-Man No Way Home. Got it. So that one's, um, 
like thinking of like the future of this whole thing, like there's a couple of things we do know and some things that we're all just like sitting here speculating. So, um, no trailer has yet been released for Spider-Man No Way Home. This mm-hmm. film released in like late November, early December. Yeah. Not a single trailer has dropped yet. The what are they hiding from we us? Know from it, the only things that we know are that Doctor Strange is in it because of the Lego set. Oh, that's right! I forgot about that. So um, Doctor Strange is going to be in the movie at some at point some point because he is a minifig in the Lego. Even if set. it's like I'm assuming that even he might be in it for like a little bit, and like that would be it. And yet he's, you know, the fact that mm-hmm. he's in it at all and he's a big name, he's going to get a, a fig. Yeah. Um, that's like I, all we know. Well, the other thing that we there's been a lot of speculation that. In this new Spider-Man, there's going to be Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire. It's also been con- it has been. I thought it was confirmed, but wait, I wait, haven't. Wait, 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 wait. Are we gonna see a scene where the Spider-Mans are pointing at each other? <laughs> They're doing the Tobey Maguire. Thing. <laughs> um, Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland just pointing at each other. Well, I've also read, and I don't. I read it somewhere, and I don't know if it's actually confirmed or not, that Jamie Foxx is going to be in it. And he play, he was in the second Andrew Garfield yep. Spider-Man. And yep. then there's also talks that the original Doc Ock is going to be in yeah. this one. So, based on knowing that they are tying together the different Spider-Mans, and knowing that Doctor Strange is in it, or the assumption that Doctor Strange it, yeah. is in it. I think that it's going to be obviously a multiverse movie where they're like uh, Tobey Maguire and um, Andrew Andrew Garfield are like the two, like they're the two multiverses that they're probably Mm -hmm. going to like involve. And then very likely like villains from that end up in Tom Holland's universe. That's why Doc Ock and I think Electrode something. Yeah, something like that. Hold on, I can actually tell you. Okay, so. There is an assumption, there's a theory that No Way Home is going to be delayed. Oh, And that's no. why no trailers come out. I don't like that. Don't tell me that. I say um, that, but I also haven't seen any of the other Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland. <laughs> there's a theory that the No Way Home trailer is going to be attached to Shang-Chi. But that's... Well, I guess it's only in, like, three weeks, right? Yeah. So that's what their theoretical, that's what people think is going to happen. And that... I thought they were going to tie it to the What If series, because the What they If might. is so directly tied to the multiverse. Yeah. And so, but then there's also theories that they may delay the movie by a couple weeks. Sony just delayed the new Venom movie by a few weeks, so they may delay. There's Spider-Man a Venom movie coming out again? I guess. I didn't know that. And then, well, even I mean, even before um, the Spider-Man's supposed to come out, I think the I'm excited to see the Eternals. I'm excited to see the Eternals. It's a whole Game of Thrones reunion. Mm-hmm. It really is. Because <laughs> Kit Harington's in it. Um, Richard Mace- or Madison's in it. Um, Richard Madden. Madden? Wow. That was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, Richard <laughs> Madden. Richard Madden's so hot, too. 
I mean, Kit uh, Harrington's also soft, super hot. Um, it's a whole Game of Thrones reunion. You know, you got Kit mm-hmm. Harrington, you got Richard Madden, then you also got Kumail <laughs> and Angelina Jolie. Who Those else? Who were not in Game of Thrones. I'm well aware of that. I'm saying outside of the Game of Thrones reunion. Oh, okay. I mean, I love Kumail. I love Kumail. Oh my god, I follow his wife, um, Emily B. Gordon, on Instagram, and she always posted things about how annoying he was, like, in the filming process, because he Oh, had, when he was getting, like, ripped? Yeah, like, in his yeah. dieting. He got ripped. He really it did. It was insane. I'm always just gonna look at him and, like, think Silicon Valley, so I don't know what I expect. That's fair. I am really excited for, I mean, obviously Thor Love and Thunder, I think is going to be awesome because they got Taika Waititi driving it again. All right, let's go into film rankings. So I know we obviously talk about like some of our favorite ones. Yeah. Um, So we're going to do top five five favorite. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Okay. Um, Number one is Thor Ragnarok. Same. Number two. Actually... I feel like ours are going to be the same, so I'm just going to say same. <laughs> okay. Um, my number, number one is the same two, as your number one. Uh, my number two is the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. My number three is Black Panther. My number that four is... is the second Guardians of the Galaxy. And then number five is probably the first Avengers. Okay. Okay. Um, my number one is Ragnarok. My number two, I think, is Ant Man. The first one? Yeah, I think it's hilarious. I well, love him. I I think I talked. I don't remember if this made it in last episode, but the fact that like as soon as I like watched it, and then I saw that Edgar Wright wrote it, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be the original director too, so like it's very like they kept some of the Edgar Wright stylizing of it. Yeah. Um, and my, my number three is Black Panther. I think my number four is Guardians of the Galaxy too. And my number five. Civil War. Why Civil War? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's some really great fight scenes in Civil War. The, The fight scene in Berlin is yeah fantastic. i think that's the reason why yeah the fight scenes um are hilarious there's some like really funny like comedic moments um ah oh, fuck i don't know i feel like i know that fifth hard, one is there's hard. a lot of like there's a lot, there's a lot of, lot of ones i would movies. rank similar <laughs> there's a lot of just very decent movies and that's like what i consider five yeah i yeah, really I mean, yeah i think it's gonna be I think it's got it's got to be one of the Captain America movies. They're all like basically the same to me. I picked the first Avengers because I thought I just remember when I watched it for the first time how excited I was and how like epic that it felt. So to mm-hmm. me, like I still have that memory in my head of the epicness behind it. So. See, I think that that's the reason I like 
Civil War is because it has that epicness. It's like one yeah. of the first ones where they're like crossing over other characters because mm-hmm. they bring in Tom Holland, they bring in Falcon, they bring in um, Ant Man's in it, Scarlet you know, Witch is like, in it's it. It's got right. It's got the level of cross. So like, I would argue Captain America: Civil War feels more like an Avengers movie than it does hundred percent like a, a Captain America movie. And I think that's the reason I like it so much. Um, because it's it's got that, but like not the um, overarching idea of like a huge like worldwide galaxy wide threat, like an Avengers movie normally does. It's like it's a, the threat is Bucky Barnes, or I guess the government in this case. <laughs> the government, the man. All right, um, let's go. Worst five. Oh man, that's hard. Okay, start. So the, let's let's lead up to your least favorite. Oh no, that's hard. No, we both know what the least favorite movie is, so I know it's not we, that hard. We both know what the least favorite. I know what my least two favorites are. Um, okay. Ah shit. Is is. Um, wait, can I guess? Can you guess what my least favorite one is? Your least favorite is Dark World, the one right yes, before that absolutely. is Ultron. Yes, absolutely. It's Dark World. Yeah. And then the one right before that is Ultron. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Wait, I kind of want to guess what they are, though. Hold on. I'm like don't thinking. Say anything like I don't. I don't even. know. Okay, I'm gonna guess the five that are there. Okay. Iron Man two. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, our Ultron, Thor, the Dark World, Iron Man two. Um. Does the Hulk, the first Hulk, count? No, Look, I did Norton not. Hulk. I did not count Edward Norton Hulk in this. Okay. Um, you like Captain America? I do. I feel like you don't like Captain America too that much. Um, I feel I like gave... that's just gonna fall. Uh, it's gonna be one. It's gonna be Ant Man and Wasp is also gonna be in there because yeah. I didn't get the rest. Just by process it's... of elimination, it's gonna right. be in there. Also, I thought it was not as good as the first Ant Man. Right, and I think. Captain America 2 or Iron Man 3? Um, Unless I'm missing a movie. No, I feel like that's probably accurate. Although... Or uh, maybe Endgame? I feel like you didn't care for the last two, so maybe Endgame. Yeah, I don't know. I think I would probably say my least, my absolute least favorite is Dark World. And then Ultron. And Same. then I'd probably do Iron Man 2. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp. Just process of elimination. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, I might have to yeah. say the first Iron Man. Really? Okay. So okay. I think if, if I think about... Or may, the first Iron Man or the first Thor. Yeah, because at this point, like, I actually like a lot of these movies. So I'm trying to right. think of the ones I like the least. The the least... The, the bottom three, I think, are easy. Mm-hmm. The bottom three are easy, and then after that, it's just, like, I don't like this one nearly as much. It's not that it's bad. It's just that it's not one of my favorites. I don't know. I don't know that I would rewatch Endgame. I just watched Endgame That's once, like and I don't know. Long. Yeah, that too. Listen, um, I'll rewatch Lord of the Rings boring. anytime you want me to watch rewatch Lord of the Rings, but, like, watching Endgame is, like, such a process. I would agree. It's also, like, kind of dry. And then it gets real hype at the end. Right. Um, I can agree with that. I I agree with your last three. Those are my order as well. 
Um, I think I agree with Ant-Man and Wasp. I like it, too. It's not as it's good It's just, as like, by Ant-Man. process of elimination. It just, yeah. like, falls behind. Um, I can't decide. Well, I don't know. I don't know if Ant-Man and Wasp is as bad as Iron Man 2, as Iron Man. I think, I think, I think Iron Man 1 would fall in a lower position than Ant-Man and Wasp. And I'm almost, like, willing to say I like Endgame less than I like Ant-Man and Wasp. I think that's a fair argument to make. But it's like you're you're talking like. I'm trying to also talk about like stand as a standalone film. That's the other thing. Like, yeah, I mean, Ant Man and Wasp actually like wasn't even like that enjoyable. No, it was funny, but like, it didn't hold up to if like as a standalone film. I didn't like it nearly as much as Ant Man. I think I would change my mind and say I dislike Iron Man three more than I dislike. (laughs) Iron Man 1 and Thor 1. Interesting. Just because, okay. like, I don't care. What even about... happens in Iron Man 3? Is that the one with, uh... What happens in it? Is that the uh... one with the whip villain? With the what? The whip guy? The electric the... whip guy? Or is it the one with, um... The I thought guy? that was the second one. No, yeah, the second the one guy? is the one with, um... Sam Rockwell's in the second one. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, and so then three is the whip guy. The fact that I can't even tell you the plot of Iron <laughs> Man 3 means that I didn't like Iron I Man 3. I think Iron Man... No, the whip guy is the Sam Rockwell movie. <laughs> I don't remember the plot of Iron Man 3. I feel like we just rewatched it, too. Um, Iron Man 3, let me look at my notes. I have my notes um, in front of me, I could have just looked at that. Iron Man 3, I just know, at the end, is the one where there's, like, all the Iron Man suits. Or is that the, the one second the one? Mandarin. <laughs> I don't know which one's which. Okay, so it's the one with the, the Mandarin. That's the second one, right? That's three. Oh, that one's three. So Sam Rockwell's the villain in the second one, and then the Mandarin's the bad guy. I don't remember the Mandarin. Um. So this one is about the guy that, like, is able to cure disabilities, but in doing so, like, can control them. It's honestly super forgettable, and actually, I think this is my least favorite one. Iron Man 3? Yeah, I think it goes. Yeah. I was going to say, cause I, I at least don't it's say the dark world, I know the Ultron, plot of Iron, Iron Man, Man 3, Iron Man 2, Endgame. Yeah, so I'm going to do, uh, my, my least favorite is Dark World, and then Ultron, uh, Iron Man 2, and then Iron Man two, you like less than Iron Man three that you can't even Iron Man three, <laughs> Iron Man three, <laughs> and then um, Iron Man two. And the then... only redeeming quality of Iron Man three is that scene with the like party initiative or whatever it's called, dinner party with like all of the suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, correct yeah. there. That's the only good part. Oh, also, then that's the that's the one I think where Pepper is like ripped. 
mm-hmm. and I asked how much goop she had to eat. Yeah, okay. Let me let me redo this now cuz um this is so, the real one. This is the this is the second time I've said it's the real one. Um <laughs> So, the worst being Dark World and then Ultron and then Iron Man 3 and then Iron Man 2 and then I'm going to do Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. So, we're like basically the same except I put Endgame about like worse than Ant-Man and the Wasp. Well, I think because I've only seen I don't know. I don't remember having a lot of feelings towards Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Ant-Man as much as I like Paul like... Rudd as an actor in that particular movie, I don't yeah. have a lot of standout feelings about it. I think Ant-Man and the Wasp is like a generic Marvel movie. However, I would rather rewatch that than Endgame. And that's why that's I fair. rank it the way I rank it. Because I just don't want to sit there for four hours and rewatch Endgame. Like, I ever. think that's And fair. I did. I had to for the rewatch. Yeah, Endgame's still will not long. be doing that again. Yeah, Endgame's real long. Um, one uh, question I want to ask, so thinking of Endgame, does Steve Rogers' actions at the end of Endgame, like, how do you feel about that, and what do you think about his character knowing what we know now? Yeah, so I mean, I have multiple opinions here. I think that they, like, worked really hard to define the type of time travel that they could do and, like, the laws of time in the show or in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then Steve goes back and just, like, all of it goes out the window. Like, yeah, I guess this is fine. Like, none of this makes sense anymore because they, you literally said you couldn't do this, but he did it, and I guess it's fine. I so, agree. like, from a storyline standpoint, it made no sense that, like, he was able to do that without creating an entire, like, Nexus event. Well, apparently, if you look back at one of the early episodes of Loki, it shows, like, major Nexus events, and there's one where it's, like, in the 1940s, and everyone's like, oh my god, is that Steve Rogers? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Um, So, like, I think that doesn't make sense. I think that he throws all of his character growth out the window. I do, too. To, like, go be with this woman that he had one dance with, and, like... I mean, I get it. Like, Steve is, like, very traditional, like, his first love. But I – it ruined it for me because he left Bucky, like, out to dry. This guy's got nothing left. And, like, he's gone through it. Like, Captain America went through it. Like, why wouldn't he be there for his damaged friend? I, I, I completely agree. I think the entire way that they set up the time travel bit and then they just, like, bye-bye. Goodbye. Right, and Steve Rogers' character, like, wouldn't do that. No. Like, the but, character yeah, that they built yeah. him out to be would not do that, knowing the amount of work they have for them, like, left for them. Um, I think it was a cop-out to get him out of the show. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It was, like, his contract is up, and they're like, oh, fuck. What do we Shit, do with you, do you now? write this out? <laughs> Go back to the 1940s. I guess. Yeah, you know, I feel the same way. They didn't want to kill him, so that's what they did. Yeah, was uh, I think you and I are in the same camp there. Yeah, no, I just, I, and I think most people are. Like, I think a lot of people were disappointed in the choice that they made for Steve. Yeah, I mean, again, I understand that they had to like write him out somehow, but and they couldn't kill them all off and like cop out that way because they've well, killed off all of them at this point. At this point, yeah, they already killed everybody else off. Shit, they might as well just killed him off too. Okay, well, I mean, I think that like covers it for as much as like i think we can cover in a two episode format yeah i agree um i 
feel like they're both very long episodes too. So I think we've done a I mean, decent job of getting episodes. there. They're always long episodes. That's fair. Yeah, I think we did a decent job covering everything too, in a semi-coherent manner, as best as we could. We did the best we could with the tools we were given. The tools being uh, alcohol and the internet. Yes, and rewatching. So also, also the, the internet, internet. Cause I, I rewatched <laughs> it on Wi-Fi. So also the internet. Yeah. All right, cool. <clears throat> so with that, uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode as we both very much enjoyed doing this episode. Please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five star rating. And if you're feeling real saucy, you can leave us a written review uh, if you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. We say this every episode, still don't get written reviews. Um, if you're not totally cool writing us a review because you don't want to do that, you can talk to us on social media. If you talk to us, we'll talk back. I promise. I run the social media. I will talk back. <laughs> um, so listen through the song to hear all of our social media plugs. And uh, with that, we will see you next time. All right, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you. Um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.